0: with me in your Bibles, please, to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. How many of you have more than one commitment slip? Okay, if you have more than one, you have to fill all of them out. You took them, you have to use them. I'm just kidding. Don't dare do that, just one. (laughs) But uh, if you are visiting today, or... If you are not a member of Mountain Lake Independent Baptist Church, this is not really for you, the faith promise part, the missions part. Uh, This is for the church members. Unless you attend here regularly, you may attend here regularly and you're not a member yet, but you count that as as your church, then uh, as God speaks to your heart, you ought to get involved because you need to be involved in getting the gospel to the world uh, we 're commanded to do that, and so uh, God will bless you for listening and doing what He tells you. But let me just say this: if you if you' are visiting or you 're new or you 're not a member, <clears throat> this is different than any other giving that is done here at Mountain Lake Independent Baptist Church. Uh, all of the other giving comes to the church to support the ministry. And to do so, you can do the work that's done in this region. When uh, the commitments are made today, and all of the monies that come in as a result of the com- uh, commitments that are made today do not come to the church, they just go through the church. None of it is for the ministry here, all of it is to support missionaries and get, get the gospel to places where. There are no gospel preachers. And so that's why the emphasis is placed on this in this way uh, one time a year. Of course, the emphasis is placed on missions 52 weeks a year. But uh, this one time a year, uh, it's a time to commit, to give. And why do we do that? Because the Bible teaches that. Uh, Faith promise giving is very clearly taught. Making the commitment is very clearly taught. Uh, as the example is given to us, and the instructions are given in Second Corinthians chapters eight, nine, and ten, uh, that year thing is is emphasized. The Church at Corinth had made a commitment a year before, and they were giving what they committed themselves uh, to give. Now, we talked earlier during the Sunday school hour about this being. Uh, A work of God's grace and that's very important to understand that because uh, as he emphasizes faith promise giving in this section, he certainly emphasizes the fact that it is a work of the grace of God and uh, we're not going to rehash what we said this morning but I think it's important to understand what is given to us in this section of scripture. Have you ever noticed in the Bible how God in certain places emphasizes specific themes in definite ways and uh, sort of defines it or explains it? For instance, if I ask you this morning, where is faith taught? What would come to mind? Hebrews 11 would come to mind immediately, and yet, yet it's taught throughout the Scriptures. Why does Hebrews 11 come to mind? Because that's the place... God zeroes in on it and explains it and emphasizes it and gives uh, examples. And if I talked about the, the rapture, you would say 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 or love, maybe uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 2nd uh, coming, 1 Corinthians, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 for love, 1 Corinthians 15 for the 2nd coming, and just on and on. Now when it comes to faith, promise, giving then it's taught right here in this section. And that's why we go to this place to learn about it. And I think it's important when we we find those places where God explains a specific theme in a definite way, I think it's important for us to spend time there and learn because the rest of the Bible uh, becomes uh, uh, more explainable to us, understandable by us, if we know uh, what he's speaking of in those certain places. But in the first five verses of this section of Scripture, he uses the churches of Macedonia as an example of this matter of faith promise giving. And we looked at that this morning during the Sunday school hour. In verse 6 he talks about Titus coming to receive the offering. And then in verse 7, that's where I want to pick it up and begin during this hour because he begins to just teach certain principles that's important for us to understand. In verse 7, I think the thing that's emphasized here is that we need to grow in our giving, our faith promise giving. Notice what he says, Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith, and utterance, and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. Now he's talking about giving by the grace of God, faith, promise, giving by the grace of God. And he says you need to abound in that. You need to grow in that. Uh, You need to increase over time. And that's why you have a conference every year. It's an opportunity to grow in this area of the Christian life. Uh, You hear missions 52 weeks a year. But this one time of the year, you have an opportunity to to increase your faith, to increase your commitment, and be more involved in it. He talks about growing in other areas. Look, again, it says, Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance, that is your witnessing, your preaching, your proclaiming Christ and knowledge, your Bible study, your Bible understanding, and then in all diligence, that is your service, your duty, your activity, and in your love to us. Now we know we're to grow in all of those areas. But he says, hey, don't grow in all of these areas and leave out growing in this matter of giving by the grace of God. So today is for that purpose. Now if we don't watch, we'll not let God speak to us And let God expand us and let God increase us and help us to grow. So I would encourage you uh, just to be sensitive. Let God speak to your heart. Let Him move you uh, the way He wants to move you. Now, in verse 8, He uh, makes a very pointed statement. Look at what Paul says to the church of Corinth. He says, I speak not by commandment. I think that's, uh, I I think what He's emphasizing here is that, hey, Uh, You need to keep in mind this is a grace thing. It's not a law thing. I'm not commanding you to do a specific thing. Notice what he says. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. See, that's what grace does. Grace, God's activity in our lives by His grace proves the sincerity of our love. That word love, uh, or prove there, has the thought of to test. It's uh, really a, uh, God takes time to test us. And uh, this is a test time for Mountain Lake Baptist Church. This week is a test time. Uh, You hear missions again 52 weeks a year, right? You, hear, you have missionaries here, you, you have missionary prayer letters, you have missionaries' names mentioned, uh, you hear it all the time. But one time a year, you have the conference and you have a test time. And that's a time to do what? To prove the sincerity of your love. I, I, uh, I remember when <clears throat> I was in high school, I, uh, I really didn't mind those instruction times in high school. Do you remember those days? And the reason I didn't mind the instructions is because <clears throat> I could do whatever I wanted. You know, I could listen if I wanted, or I could daydream if I wanted. And most of the time, the latter was true. I would be daydreaming about football practice after school, or basketball practice, or meeting June between classes. And uh, I really, uh, you know, as a student, I, I wasn't interested in a lot of listening. But you know what really bothered me? Test time. Huh? I didn't like test time. Because test time was proving time. It proved if I'd listened, it proved if I had day, been daydreaming, it proved how, how I, uh, I uh, had prepared. And, and that's what he's talking about here. Yeah, he's talking about that testing. And when grace speaks to us, when God by His grace speaks to us and instructs us and informs us, then it puts us uh, at a time of testing. Testing what? Testing the sincerity, the genuineness, the legitimacy of our love. Hey, we can't love God without giving. You can't do it. Now, you can give without loving God, but you can't love God without giving. And that's what he's talking about here. Uh, this, uh, he's talking about this faith promise giving by the grace of God and how our response to it proves how much we appreciate what God has done for us, how much we really care for God, and it, it proves where we are with Him. I saw a bumper sticker one time uh, years ago. You've probably seen it. I haven't seen it in quite a while. But it said, if you love God, honk. Any of you ever see that? Uh Then I saw one one time that said, if you love God, tithe, anybody can honk. (laughs) Now, when when I saw this verse and realized what Paul was saying, then that came to my mind. Because that's what Paul's saying right here. What Paul's saying here is, If you love God, then you give the way he wants you to because anybody can just talk about loving God. Anybody can bow their head and say, God, we love you today. Hey, that's easy to say. But it's different when God speaks to our hearts and we prove our love. We prove the sincerity of our love by responding to God. Amen? And so he gets very pointed. And that's what grace does. Grace proves our love for God. But then he explains why he says it. Look at verse 9. He says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. There it is again, that grace. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That ye, through his poverty, might be rich. You see what he's saying? Uh, Listen. He's just simply saying Jesus proved that He loved us. God proved that He loved us by what He did. Christ left everything to come to nothing so you and I who had nothing could have everything. And uh, that's the example that's set before us. And we have a responsibility to listen to God and do what He says. And when we listen our response proves where we are with God how much we care then he changes gears in verses 10 11 and 12 he begins to talk about the commitment they had made the church at corinth had made a commitment a year ago now it's time to give it he's writing here writing here about sending titus and them giving what they promised to give And so now he begins to deal with them and tell them, hey, you ought to do what you said you're going to do. Look at what he says in verse 10. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. That word forward has the thought of being willing. And what he's talking about is their willingness a year ago to make the commitment that they made. That's recorded back in 1 Corinthians 16. Then verse 11 he says, Now therefore perform the doing of it. In other words, do what you said you were going to do. That as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath and not according to that he hath not. So very clearly, he's saying, hey, you made a promise, now do what you said you were going to do. But the thing I want to emphasize here, and I think the thing that Paul is really zeroing in on, is the fact that that we are to give out of what God has given us. Now notice what he says at the end of verse 11. So there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. That's logical, isn't it? You can't give what you don't have. But I think he's emphasizing the fact that we're to take a look at what we have with an understanding that God gave it to us. He says it again in verse 12. Look at the middle of the verse. It is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. In other words, God's not going to tell you to give something that you don't have. He's not going to tell you to give something that He has not provided for you. And so the emphasis here is for us to take a look at all this stuff we have. God has blessed us with a bunch of stuff. huh? And some of us have a bunch of stuff that we just got on our own. But He permitted us to have. He has really blessed us. And uh, we need to understand as Christians, God gives us everything we have. He gives it to us for a purpose. Right? Now, uh, if you don't think you have a lot of stuff, uh, go home and take a look in your garage. You know, if, uh, that garage is really for your car. But a lot of people can't even get their car in the garage for this stuff. Right? I mean, we got more stuff. We know what to do with. You went down to Lowe's or Home Depot and went down to get, you know, uh, one little item to get a job done, and there it was sitting right in the middle of the aisle. That middle of the aisle stuff. You know who started that middle of the aisle stuff? Sam Walton. Did you ever read his book? That's what he did. He bought that stuff and put it right in the middle of the aisle when he started Walmart. Now you can't even get to down the aisle for all the stuff in the middle of the aisle. But man, you walk in there and there it was. And you looked at it and said, good, gracious, I've got to have one of those. Man, if I had one of those, it would be so much easier. And, and it's on sale. I can save money. And you've had it three years and you're going to take it out of the box one of these days. But you had to <laughs> just have to have one of those things. Hey, that's the way it is. We got more stuff we know what to do with. Hey, if you don't think you have a lot of stuff, go home and look in your closet. Huh? Look at the stuff you got that you're going to get back into one of these days. I mean, half of our closet is stuff that we are going to get back into. That's been hanging there for 17 years, but one of these days, we're going to get back into that stuff. We got stuff galore and we just hold on to it. If you don't think you have a lot of stuff, go home and pull that chest of drawers out and get under that top layer that you use. Get down there if that stuff's been laying there for years that you don't even get to. Guilty? (laughs) I'm saying we have more stuff that we don't even fool with than most people around the world have for necessities of life. And God wants to make us aware of this stuff he's given us. Because he wants us to realize, I gave you that stuff for a purpose. I want it used. And I want, God wants to tell us how we're to use that stuff. Hey, I'm convinced that he provides exactly what we need for the house he has for us to live in. Matthew chapter 6, that's what he tells us, right? Right? Uh, he doesn't want you here at Mountain Lake Independent Baptist Church to buy a bunch of land, build big walls, and thereby move in a communal situation. That's, what the, that's not what the New Testament church is. The New Testament church is a people that God, God gathers together, and he wants to t- strategically locate the church all over the region so you can literally touch hundreds and thousands of people every day with a gospel t- testimony and witness. That's what the church is. And he has the house he wants us to live in, and he provides exactly what that house costs. I'm convinced he has the automobile he wants us to drive. Now, some think, people think it's only American made. <laughs> That's a joke. I'm just kidding. But uh, it's, uh, uh, he provides what he wants the automobile that uh, we have. He provides for it. I'm convinced he provides the clothes for the clothes he wants us to wear. You see, all of us are not in the same place, doing the same thing, involved in the same things where we need everybody needs the same thing. God provides because He knows where He wants us and where He puts us. Now here's what I'm getting to. He already knows what he wants you to give to missions this coming year. He already knows. And I'm convinced what he's saying in these verses is I've already given you what I want you to commit to missions. Now the question is are you going to listen to me and let me show you what part of that stuff I've given you should go to missions? Right? Huh? See? that's That's the problem he has just getting us to listen and do what He wants us to do with what He's given us. Amen? Now He knows our attitudes. He knows our attitudes. He knows how we think. See, when I made that statement just now, all of us thought. Right? He knows exactly what each of us thought. And He wrote the next verse to deal with it. Look what He says in the next verse. For I mean not that other men be eased and ye burdened. Now why in the world would he stick that right in there? Because of the way we think. He said, now wait a minute. Watch your attitude. I'm not trying to make it hard on you and easy on other people. Right? I'm not trying to make it easy for them and put a burden on you. That's not what this is all about, you see. As a matter of fact, I think the burden comes when we don't do what He says. I think that's when it gets hard. Because when, when we don't do what He says, then we're not able to get the understanding of how to handle our finances in total the way He wants us to handle them. But He gives wisdom to people who listen to Him and agree with Him. And then He changes gears. Verse 14. Look at what he says. Verse 14. But by an equality that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want. That their abundance also may be a supply for your want. That there may be equality. Now that word equality of course has the thought of equal but it also... It has the thought of like-mindedness. And it's it's really dealing with all of us thinking alike. Because what he's saying here is this. Sometimes God gives us something that's not for us. It's for somebody else. And if we don't think the way God wants us to think, then we're not going to realize it. We're not going to be sensitive to it. Now look at the verse again. But by an equality that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want. Now I'm going to tell you something. When God gives you something for me, I want you to listen to Him. (laughs) And when He gives me something for you, you want me to listen. Think about this. God, all that stuff we have, God's given it to us. Now you mark it down. God has supplied. God lets us have. But you know how He gives it to us? Through each other. Through men. You don't pick it off the trees, pick it up off the ground. God moves stuff through men to men. Everything you have came from an employer, a gift, an inheritance, investment. Now you might say, well, bless God, I was wise enough to make that investment. I was wise enough. No, if you were wise enough, uh, God gave you the brain to, to think it. God provides for us through each other. Let me show you a verse. Hold your place and turn back with me to to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Familiar verse, but I think we miss something in this verse sometimes if we don't watch. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Verse on giving. Luke 6.38 says, first word gives the command... Or the instructions give, give. And then the promise, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. Now, wait a minute. I thought if we gave, God returned. He does, but He does it through men. You see. And He wants wants us to take a look at what we have and be willing to recognize that some of what we have was not given to us for us. It was given for us to share with somebody else. Do you ever have God lay on your heart to give somebody something? Huh? You know, so you're just a place and God just speaks to your heart and He says, hey... Uh, I want you to give that person $50. And you know he did it. You know he said it. Boy, you get excited about it, and then you get to thinking about it. Huh? Some of you are laughing. You're like, I am, right? And then you begin to analyze the situation. Now, I wonder if they really need $50. Huh? Hey, if God told us to give it, it doesn't matter if he needs it or not. As a matter of fact, it may not be that he needs it. It may be that we need to give it. Or it may need, mean that it's not even for him. It's for somebody else that we won't see, but he will see. And so we give it to him and God moves him. At you see, the thing about it is us just being givers. Us just being willing to recognize all of this belongs to God. He has a right to show me where he wants it. And when he speaks to my heart about giving it to someone else, then he has given me that for them. It's not for me. And so he wants us to think that way. And that's what missions is about. Missions is the fact that God has given each of us something for missions, and he wants us to use it for that. And if we don't watch, we'll get greedy and say, well, you know, I can't afford to, I need to keep this. Right? Let me me illustrate it. Jerry, come up and help me. Would you? Sorry, I didn't mean to wake you up. That's it. (laughs) Man, you were enjoying yourself so much in that nap. What if I uh, saw Jerry down the road? He really woke up then, didn't he? What if I saw Jerry down the road and I said, uh, Hey, Jerry, uh, God's laid on my heart to give Pastor Leatherman $500. Now, he hasn't. Brother Leatherman woke up. <laughs> I said, God's laid on my heart to give Brother Leatherman $500, and I'm not going to see him for a while. Would you, when you see him, give him that? And uh, about, <laughs> about 600, uh, about 600, about six months later, I see Brother Leatherman, and I say, uh, Hey, Brother Dennis, uh, that $500 I sent, that was for you personally, one for the church or anything. That was for you personally. And he says, "What, five hundred dollars?" And I say, uh, "I gave Jerry five hundred dollars to give to you." And he said, "I'm sorry, I never saw it." Liar. Now, <laughs> let me ask you something. What do you think I would think about Jerry? Huh? Seriously, you think I'd trust him anymore? He'd have to prove himself. I would think maybe he doesn't have the character that I thought he has. Right? Now listen, God gives you and me money that's for missionaries. How do you think he feels when we say, well, I think I'll just take this and do what I want? Huh? Every member of Mountain Lake Baptist Church has been given money that's for missions. How do I know that? Because he tells us in the Bible. The command is for each one of us in the church he's put us. Now, you're going to decide to be honest or dishonest. You're going to decide to do what God says or to refuse to do what he says you're going to decide to listen to Him or not listen to Him. And then you're going to expect Him to continue to bless you no matter what you do. Right? See, we we have to realize this is a very serious thing. And we have to decide, am I going to be honest before God or dishonest? And so today is the proving time. Today is the test time. Today is the day we decide what we're going to do with what God's given us and if we're going to get to the place that He can continue to provide that throughout the coming year. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed.